Spirit of Antichrist Part 2. Uh, talk a little bit as we're starting out here about the season that we live in. Hallelujah. You can get your Bibles open and get ready and get your paper out and then let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful to Praise you. And Lord Jesus, you are so precious and wonderful. And Father, we just want you to know how much we love you. And Lord, we love your word. And we thank you, Father God, that you reveal to us, Lord, tonight, truth from your word. Show us what you only you can show us. Lord, let us hear what only you can say. By the Holy Ghost, we expect. And we thank you for preparing us for that which is ahead, both in our world but in our personal lives. We thank you, Father God, that you're preparing us for the call that's upon our lives for these last days that we can uh, be fruitful in the last days that's what we ask we want our lives to count we want it to count for something we want to fulfill what you planned before the foundations of the earth what you planned for each one of us individually and corporately thank you father we're expectant for what's about to happen because we know, Lord, that Lord, that uh, you're just about to move in some areas. And so we're thankful for it. Thank you for your plans and your promises. And, Lord, are coming to pass. And thank you for your perfect timing that it is due season in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, something's coming. I think the Lord spoke to me back. I think it was May. I, I, I looked back the other day to see what when it was. It was the end of May, I believe. And he told me in the fall. In the fall. He said in the fall. And so to me between now and December 21st, I guess, is when fall will be over. There's something coming. Hallelujah. Something coming specific for uh, River Church and us. Hallelujah. So the season we live in, we're we live in the last days. We talked about that last week. And that we have a last day's call on our life. Uh, that call is to seek the Lord. In the book of Revelation, and we'll go there to chapter 2, verse 7. Eight times, eight times in the book of Revelation, it says that we are to overcome. He, we are actually given a promise for him that to he that overcometh. And the first one is in Revelation 2.7. I think we'll take the time to read all eight of these tonight. won't be hard because they're mostly all concentrated there together. Revelation 2.7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So, to him that overcometh, to eat of the tree of life. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, we may not have full understanding of what that means to eat of the tree of life, but I'm certain it, that it's I'm certain it's good. Verse eleven: He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Well, praise God for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. We know that's good. Verse seventeen. Um, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. 
So uh, Hidden Manna, White Stone, and a new name. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if you didn't feel like you got the right name, uh, you know, I don't know how, but I think I got the right name when my mother named me. I don't even never have particularly liked my name, but when you go back to the meaning of my name, it's like, yeah, that's me. That fits. And I don't, she was reading a novel. It was called The Silver Chalice. I don't know if y'all might have heard of that, but this was in 1953, reading a novel and named me out of the, Deborah, out of the novel. We won't talk about how I got the middle name. But anyway, and you know, your children and my children, I have looked at their names. And of course, I was a little more aware of it with Eric, wasn't aware of it at all with Colin. And I know Michael's mother was not aware of, you know, you know, that was just the popular name of the hour, Michael. And so was Debbie a certain amount. And I, uh, But if you didn't get the right name, you're fixing to get a new one, and it's the right one. I've heard of people that had names that I go, well, what in the world was your mama thinking? She didn't say no to drugs in the hospital or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. 226. <laughs> And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. I believe that that is, that is just so powerful to me, that he that keepeth my works unto the end. That really speaks to me. We're in the end times. We've got to keep on working, keep on keeping his works unto the end because those are the people that are going to be appointed over nations and over cities and over uh, the state. Hallelujah. Of Alabama, the states and hallelujah. And over, that's going to be powerful. Uh, then if you go to... 3 5. It says, He that overcometh the, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. It's so important that we not be blotted out of the book of life. You know, God is such a faith God that he writes our name. He, he doesn't write our name in once we get up there and, you know, or, or once he, he went ahead and wrote our names in and, you know, he does want to have to blot it out, but it could happen. So it, we have to make sure that we overcome. Hallelujah. Uh, and then verse 20, chapter 21, have to skip way over for this one. Verse seven, and this is the last one. Did I read 321 then, or did I read 35? Did I skip? Okay. Okay, then 312. I, I got lost in my notes, obviously. 312. There is eight. Okay, 312. Let's read that one. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Hallelujah. Verse uh, 321. 
Uh, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. This is Jesus talking. These are all red letter. And he said to him that overcometh is going to get to sit with him uh, in his throne. And then 21, 7. Now, he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. So it's important that we overcome and that we uh, we just don't give up, don't stop. Hallelujah. The end is near, and it's not the time to stop. Um, I want you to notice in that that there's no to him that nearly overcomes or to him that partially overcomes. We're no, we have to be fully, we fully overcome and there's no excuses for not overcoming because we've been given everything we need. Uh, to be an overcomer. And a lot of people don't know that. And there's a lot of people right now, a lot of Christians who aren't overcoming. There's a lot of Christians uh, laying out, uh, not going to church, uh, not, not, not participating in the kingdom is not overcoming. And, and, and the truth is, you know, whether they go to heaven or not, that's not my business. But one thing for sure I know is it's not the same reward. It's not going to be the same what they, what they have, what they get. Uh, when we, but there's going to be rewards for those that overcome, that, that hold out, uh, hold out to the end. Hold on, hang on, hold out, and keep going. We don't have a choice. We just don't even ask ourselves. You know, that's the best way to, 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 to overcome sometimes is just don't even ask yourselves what you want to do. Don't even ask yourselves how you feel. You know, because it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you want to do. We get up, you know, and just do. I mean, that's what you have to do. If you're raising kids, you don't ask yourself when one's crying in the middle of the night, do I want to get up? <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't ask yourselves, uh, did you ever ask yourself, do I want to feed these kids today? No, you don't ask yourself. And there's a lot of days you just flat didn't want to get up and go do it. And, you know, you might have tried to outlast your husband or outlast, you know, see who could lay there the longest, pretend this isn't happening or something like that. But in the end, you know you are going to get up. And so that's the way sometimes, you know, if we're, if we're led by feelings, we're going to be weak. If we're led by uh, uh, what the world's saying, what's happening out in the world, you know, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says the man, uh, there's about a, a man, and uh, he has always has an excuse. Well, there's a line in the street, is what it says in Proverbs. We can't have any excuses. If your little daughter is out in the street, it doesn't matter if there's a line in the street, you're still going out there. You're going out there. And so that's how we're going to have to be in these last uh, uh, days to completely overcome no excuses. And we talked about last week what we're called to overcome. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I'm not sure exactly how this verse fits in, but I don't know. I got it, and so I'm sure it does somehow. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Hallelujah. Be ye not 
unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. We have, we have God living on the inside of us. That's how we overcome. But we had, are not to be in fellowship or in yoked with, with, uh, uh, the, with unrighteousness, with uh, darkness, because that's what it will pull us down. The, here it says, What corn cord hath Christ with Belial? Belial or Baal, that is the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament enemy of God the enemy of God. And so we have to separate ourselves from the enemy of God. Well, we talked last week about who, what was the enemy of God in the new covenant or in these times. And um, in these times, the, old, the, the enemy of God is the Antichrist, the Antichrist spirit. And that was over in uh, 1 John, I believe it was chapter 4. Let's go over there. We're going to read several scriptures out of 1 John. But let's read 1 John 4, 3 first. It says, uh, verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, where a spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So this is John writing here, and he said, the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. This is back 2,000 years ago, the spirit of Antichrist already in the world. Um, hallelujah. So the Antichrist is two things. It's a spirit, and it's a person, a literal uh, person. I want to talk about that for a few minutes. The word anti, of course, you know this, means against or opposed to or substituting. Or it can mean instead of. So you could say it this way, instead of Christ or against Christ or opposed to Christ or anything substituting for Christ. Antichrist. That would be the spirit of Antichrist. Anything substituting for Christ, against Christ, opposed to Christ, or instead of Christ. The word Christ, uh, we always say the word Christ means anointing. But I want to take that a little bit further. And the truth is, when you see Jesus Christ in the New Testament, Christ is a Greek word. And Christ, uh, and the if the, if the New Testament had been written in Hebrew, it would literally say, Jesus Messiah. And you can look that up in Strong's. You will actually find that in Strong's Concordance if you look up any scripture that has Jesus Christ in it. It, it does mean anointing. That's the secondary meaning. But the first meaning that comes up in Strong's is Messiah, Son of God. So if we read the New Testament that way, and where it says anti-Christ, anti if we were to say anti-Messiah, 
any spirit. Now think every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Messiah is come in the flesh is not of God. That makes that a whole lot easier to understand. The Bible says we are to try the spirits to see if they are of God. And if you are involved in a deliverance ministry, one of the things that you will find happening uh, sometimes when someone has a lot of demons is they, when the, they're, hallelujah, sometimes the demon will talk instead of the person in deliverance ministry. We saw that and heard about that, how you're supposed to make the demon be quiet, say, I don't want to talk to you, I want to talk to her or talk to the person. And, uh, but if the demon, the, if to, to see, it's one way to tell if you're talking to the demon or to the person is, is if you can, if they will say that Jesus the Messiah is come in the flesh because a demon won't want to say that. And a lot of religions don't want to say Jesus Messiah is come in the flesh. They won't say that Jesus is a prophet or Jesus was a good teacher. I mean, they know that there is a historical man named Jesus. And there's been a lot of people named Jesus. But Jesus Messiah is come in the flesh. So uh, that's just kind of... Uh, going to be helpful to us. Let's look in 1 John 2, verse 18. Because we're going to look at the places. Only in John, only in 1 John, is the word Antichrist ever used. And so let's look at all of them. 1 John 2, 18. Little children, it is the last time. So if John said it was the last time then, it sure must be the last time now. You know, and we know Peter said uh, on the day of Pentecost that this was the time that Joel had prophesied that in the last days uh, God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and that that was what was happening on the day of Pentecost. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Anti-anointing, anti anti-Messiah, against Messiah, instead of Messiah, instead of Christ, substituting for Christ. Well, it, you know, we see that a lot. We may not see, we may not know who Antichrist is. Who was the preacher? Perry Stone. I heard him say the other day that the Lord spoke to him recently and told him that the Antichrist was in the world. And uh, that makes sense because we're right up against the tribulation. I forget when he spoke to that to him. But anyway, so Antichrist, we just don't know who it is. Hallelujah. You can go on the Internet, though, and they have been speculating on that. Every, uh, let's see, they, Ronald Reagan, they called him Antichrist. I thought he was a good one. I thought we've had lots worse than that. But his name, every one of his names, Ronald Wilson Reagan, had six letters. So he was the Antichrist because he was 666. <laughs> I don't know. Just it's, you know, it's crazy out there, but there's a lot of speculation of who the Antichrist might be. Oh, well, he's Assyrian. He's Middle Eastern. He's, you know, he, you know, coming out of the European Union. Well, they, that, I don't know. I don't know who Antichrist is. I, I hope we don't ever have to know. We'll just be out of here. Uh, <clears throat> But one thing we do see a lot of a lot of is things that are anti 
Christ. They're the spirit of Antichrist. They're trying to substitute for Christ. They're trying to oppose Christ. They're trying to be instead of Christ. And they're trying to deny Christ uh, or be against Christ. You know, when they take prayer out of school, guess what that is? Spirit of Antichrist. Hallelujah. When they say take the nativity sets down, that spirit of antichrist at work in the world. We're supposed to be standing up more. We're supposed we listen, we've got one month to fight and we I think we need to start fighting. I think we need to start being bold. I know everybody wants to be politically correct and you know, I know that uh, well, I just but listen, all you have to do is read the platforms of both candidates. Don't ask yourself what their hair looks like. Don't ask yourself if you like that they're not politically correct. And man, they've said some bloopers and, and did some things. Don't ask yourself if they even, you know, conduct their business. Hallelujah. Like you think they should. There ain't no businessman in this world that volunteers to play taxes, folks. If there's a loophole, they're taking it. If there's a deduction, they're taking it, including your pastor. And there's been lots of years we didn't have to pay any. Because we took every deduction. He makes me write down everything I take to the Salvation Army. And he deducts it. Every I, every book and the title and I'm like this is so tiring this is so you know and uh, but he, he's going to take those loopholes he's going to take those deductions and if they don't like it go to Congress and pass a flat tax and we'll all pay but until then we're going to take every blooming deduction we we get in the car and he puts his recorder to his mouth and this is where we're going and this is the mileage on the car and we deduct it. Hallelujah. And we don't say, well, you, the U.S. is in debt, so I think I'll just pay taxes. No, we don't. We don't say that. Hallelujah. And neither does any other candidate. Hallelujah. And so the things they argue over, I don't mind arguing, but let's don't argue over stupid, stupidity. Hallelujah. But here's the thing is, this is what makes me mad, is that they think the American people are stupid. And you know, yeah, there's some people that maybe are living on welfare or something and they don't have a clue how business works. And yeah, they'd say, oh yeah, he, he should pay taxes. Well, you know, if you, I'd like to deduct 516 million or billion or whatever it was. I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting on my horse tonight, but, uh, there's a spirit of antichrist out there, and we just look at the platform and vote. We don't ask ourselves how we feel. We don't ask ourselves who's the most fun, who's the most jolly, who's got the most... Uh, uh, listen, don't ask yourself who has the most movie stars in California for them. I mean, that... Or, or uh, you know, look at the platform. What are they for? What are they against? You know, that... That that guy that's supposed to be the alternative to uh, to Trump and Hillary, the big alternative. Well, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he wants to legalize all drugs. That's a great alternative. He wants to. He's pro-abortion. Hey, I mean, really, folks, really. And I'm not talking to you, folks. I'm talking about to the world. It's like we're not that ignorant. We're voting the platform. 
God will honor that. It doesn't matter about the rest. If it doesn't work out, God will still honor it because we voted for the one that was like Mike Van Buskirk said on Facebook, the one that was most, most like a Christian in their platform. Most like a Christian in their platform. Hallelujah. Not in maybe how they live their lives, how many times they've been married, how many girlfriends they've had, you know. Hallelujah. Now that's, I won't have to say anything else. But we need to stand up and fight for it. And you need, we need to be telling the people. We have influence. And we need to be telling people, vote the platform. Vote the platform. Hallelujah. Forget the hair. Forget everything else. Vote the platform. Hallelujah. That's all there is to it. It's simple. Every year it's simple. Hallelujah. And that's, and you know, it doesn't even matter who does good in the debates. That doesn't matter. I don't care if one of them stumps their toe, falls down on the stage and, you know, has some sort of hissy fit. I don't care. I'm going to vote the platform. I'm not looking at anything else. Okay, so, but if we don't stand up, standing up and fighting against the spirit of Antichrist that's gone out into the world. But we're afraid. The Christians don't go up to the school and resist what the teachers are pouring down the pike because they're afraid their kids will get, uh, what do you call it, persecuted for it. Uh, but if every Christian in Tuscaloosa County stood up for righteousness, if we fought the good fight, if we weren't afraid, hallelujah. Everything would change. Everything would change. You know, that's, I read yesterday that the governor of Texas, this is going to get me in trouble because I'm not going to get finished, that the governor of Texas, I, Abbott, I think his name is now, he, uh, he is advocating that every state, he's put this out there, that every state go to Washington. And did you know that a bill can be passed if, if every state shows up and votes? They don't even need Congress. If the states show up and vote for something and they're 100%, I, mean, I forget how much the percentage is, three quarters, I think. Three quarters of the states say yes to it. Congress and president overridden, this is how we're going to do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand up. We need to stand up. Hallelujah. So, Little children, it is the last time, and as you have you heard, that Antichrist shall come even now. Are there many? There are, and there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Hallelujah. Let's go over to uh, 2.22. Who is a liar? Okay. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So there is a spirit of Antichrist that denieth the Father, the Son, and denieth Jesus. Listen, if you can say, yeah, Jesus, he came, he was born of a virgin, Jesus is the Christ, he hung on the cross. But if, if everything about you is opposite of that, then you are not Christ, you are Antichrist. And that's why Jesus said, you can't go always by just what people say. Uh, let's go on to 4.3. 
We already read 4.3. Let's go to 2 John 1.7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Jesus, Messiah, is come in the flesh. That is a test. Jesus, the Messiah, is come in the flesh. Anything but that. Now, if Jesus, the Messiah, is the come in the flesh and you admit it, then you ought, to be you ought to be willing to receive him. If you really will say Jesus Christ is the Messiah and he's come in the flesh, then you ought to be willing to receive Messiah. And if you're willing to receive Messiah, then you are going to live that like Jesus Messiah is come in the flesh. You're not just trying to get a ticket, a free ticket to heaven. You have made Jesus your Messiah, your Lord, your master. Hallelujah. And he has come in the flesh. And you're saying, I want to live for him. Second Thessalonians 2, 3. Now, uh, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. A falling away first, that this man of sin, man of sin, did you see that? Be revealed, the son of perdition. We're talking about Antichrist here. Man of sin, son of perdition. That is two of the names, and we're not going to go to the time to look all the rest of these up, because I'm really not teaching about Antichrist or who he is. But he's the man of sin. He's the son of perdition. That's two of his names. There are 30 names in the Bible for Antichrist. 30 names. You can look up on the internet and find a list of all 30 names of Antichrist. This being two of them. Man of sin. The son of perdition. Hallelujah. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. This is talking about the literal man, not just the spirit of Antichrist. Except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Hallelujah. Um, 30 names. Satanists call him the son of Satan. Like we call Jesus the son of God. Satanists call him the son of Satan. And we are in that month that has the highest holy day of all Satanists, witches, Wiccans. Halloween is their high holy day. The highest holy day. It's not a game. This is not just a lot of people, I read people all the time say, Halloween is my favorite holiday. And they're Christians. And I'm thinking, that is so sad. It's sad that we're untaught. It's sad that we have no more discernment than a whiss ant. I mean, it doesn't take much to discern evil. It doesn't take a, a very big revelation to, to discern evil. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot at all. And so we're coming up on that. 
And a lot of people just don't want to disappoint their kids, and they just want them to have candy. And I'm all about you could have candy. But, you know, you can have candy on the 15th of October and on the 15th of November. And most of our kids have candy all the time anyway now. Used to, you might, you know, I don't know. When, <laughs> getting candy was a big deal when I was a kid because mom, mama wasn't buying candy and wasn't she buying, buying Coca-Cola and none of those stuff. It was a celebration to get any anything like that. Um, that's not the case anymore. And, uh, well, they get to dress up. Well, you know. And so, hallelujah. I don't know that there's a lot we can do about it, but you know, we can, we can pray. We can believe for protection. We can, we can tell people, hallelujah. And they won't always understand. But we ought to stand up for righteousness. We ought to stand up for God. I just, I just can't bear to celebrate the devil. I can't bear to tell Jesus, well, I'm just going to take one night off and we're going to kind of celebrate, just in a small way, uh, we're going to celebrate the devil. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Now, I don't mind kids having a party and calling it something else or something. That don't bother me at all. But you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Okay. <clears throat> the atmosphere of Antichrist is increasing in our world. Second Peter 2.7. And it does have an effect on us. It tries to pull on us. The TV tries to pull upon us. The movies try. Uh, you know, there's hardly anything anymore. I used to be pretty, I guess I had the discernment of a whistant, like I said about everybody else, when it came to political agendas in movies. I remember... Uh, even before we left Seminole, we went to see this movie called An American President, The American President, with Michael Douglas and Annette Bening. Some of you might have seen it. You know, I just look at the pretty dress and how pretty she looks and, and you know, the president, they're in love and all that. I didn't, I didn't pick up on stuff like that back then. Like, okay, they're talk they had a political agenda in that movie. There was global warming. There was uh, fossil fuels. There was uh, all those kind of things, which you may not say that's all that bad. But my point is, is if you, if you, that's where our young people, that's where our teenagers today, those that are 17 to 35, they believe what they believe because the political agendas that are in movies and TV shows, and they, they just, it, it just, it's like, that's where they get their political beliefs, their political outlook for the most part is is from a movie from yeah they get it from something like that i rem i was like i said i was pretty ignorant to myself i used to watch this tv show this has been quite a few years ago now it's really old but it was a series called judging amy and it was this child court judge and uh she lived with her mom, and her, the mom was Tyne Daly. If you rem I don't know. Does anybody remember Judging Amy? Nobody in this whole room watched. Well, anyway, I didn't pick up that, you know. And one day Colin said, Mother, she is so liberal and so, and I'm like, really? 
I was just caught up in my family. And it was kind of my dream because every Thursday night, their whole family ate supper together. And I'm like, oh, that'd be so awesome. All your kids come over on Thursday night and eat supper with you. And, you you know, you have a big family meal every Thursday night. Um, so I was like, oh, that's so sweet, you know, and everything. And um, <laughs> I didn't pick up, but there's these this influence, this this influence and a lot of the I'm not saying that everything they believe or everything they say is wrong but a lot of it is pro abortion those things they're in there and it's the spirit of antichrist and it's it's just influencing our world and just and you could probably think of movies that you've seen and if you really thought about it what was the political agenda what is it that they're trying that they're saying in that movie it's kind of the it's not the top story but it's the the story underneath the story of what they're for what they and uh, that's how they sell it that's how they get it down the pike that's how they get people believing uh those things that's how they get you know there is n hardly any young people even christian that see anything wrong with shacking up together and sleeping together and living together before marriage it's just that's accepted that's not even you know it's kind of accepted like you the wise thing to do well how'd they get that in there through movies that's how they got it in there they didn't get it in there from the church they were going to but the churches didn't stand up and say no that's wrong no abortions abortion is wrong because we didn't want to uh, alienate anybody or cause the you know the young people to all uh, leave but if we'd have started the first at the first from the beginning it, we wouldn't be having to live with what we're having to live with now second Peter 2 7 says and he and turning uh, let's just start in seven and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Lot had to live in a day where there was filthy conversation everywhere. But I do want you to notice that God delivered him out of it. God delivered him out of it. And he said it vexed. The, this filthy conversation that Lot was vexed with it. And that he was vexed with his, it vexed his righteous soul. What he had to see and he had to hear every day. My concern is that it'll quit vexing us. We know it's really gone bad if it quits vexing you. So, hallelujah. We pray that we stay where we're still vexed by the unrighteousness and the unrighteous things that are going on in our world. You know, there's more. Pe there's a lot of people in our world that are more they're more concerned about puppies than they are about babies. They really are. I mean, you can see it on Facebook every day that they would literally hang somebody for killing a puppy 
but won't speak up for people that kill babies. It is very popular right now to be pro-animal, pro-defensive animals. I don't care if it's a puppy or a, a walrus. We will stand up for walruses. But you know we've been affected by this world when we would go and march for a walrus, but we won't even say anything on Facebook or any other place like that, social media of any kind, about abortion and, 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 and won't stand up because what would this one think or what would that one think or what would, you know, and I feel it too. I feel that pressure not to say anything. You don't know how many times I try, I start to say something on Facebook and then I just go, I don't know. I don't know whether I ought to put myself out there to that degree, you know. But boy, I, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I want to get bold, I want to get brave. I want to get courageous. And I'm kind of at the point that's like, well, I don't think I really have anything to lose. I'm bold in these four walls, you know, I'll tell y'all. But I don't know how bold I am out there. And I don't know how bold you are. But I think we should get bolder. Um, one thing about it, the unrighteous sure are getting bold, aren't they? Hallelujah. Acts seventeen twenty six. I want to say tonight that we've been graced for this time we live in. I know I've pointed out a lot of negative things tonight, but let me do point this out. That we have been graced for this hour and this time that we live in. And it is no accident, and this verse proves it right here. We've read this verse before. And he hath made of one blood of all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So it's no accident the time you live in, no accident where you live. Even if you weren't born here, it's no accident that God got you here. He was working in us when we didn't have sense enough to know. He was working in my parents even. You know, he was born in Corpus Christi. I was born in Breckenridge. And how we, the way we got to West Texas, actually when I say West Texas, I'm talking about Seagraves. And when the way we got to Seagraves, it was, it was, it was flat weird. Uh, but God got us there and God got him and I and married and nobody else would have done in our case now in some people's cases maybe there is more than one that would fit I don't really know but in our case nobody else would have fit nobody else would have put up with no I'm just kidding nobody else would have put up with me <laughs> it's really the truth hallelujah no, it was no accident. I bet you feel that way too. I believe, you know, Eric and Anita think it's no accident that we moved to Tuscaloosa and that her Aunt Sherry got her and her mother to come uh, to River Church, well, or Word of Life at that time. It was no accident. Had to be. So uh, it's no accident. We've been graced for this time. 
We have a special grace because it isn't the same as it was in the 50s. It's not the same as when our parents were growing up and our grandparents. And yeah, they had their own special trials. I was looking at uh, a picture of one of, of Michael's, uh, his great-grandfather. He was a rough-looking old farmer. And I was thinking about what a hard life they led. You know, it was hard to live in those days, washing clothes on a rub board. And, you know, there are some advantages to our day, but there was not the evil in the world. And the evil that was there was not spread around by TV, Internet, and social media and all that. All the time, all day, every day, the airwaves were not filled because just because the atmosphere is full of antichrist. It's not just what you go see, it's what's out there in the atmosphere. You can't go in a you can't go in a store without hearing a song and the song may or may not be anything that needs to really be in our hearts. You can't it, the atmosphere is full of the antichrist spirit, but we've been graced. Everything about us hallelujah it's been made for this time hallelujah philippians 4 13 we'll just go over some scriptures a little i know a lot of people could have preached this better but i tried to get it out we've been graced but we have to call on that grace and we have to do everything in our power to overcome. And you know what? You're very instrumental in me being able to overcome. I need Christian fellowship. You need Christian fellowship. With, with, our, with the people God puts us with is where we get the strength to overcome. Hallelujah. We can't just go off and be secluded and because we get weaker. Together we're stronger. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do all things. I can do it. I can overcome because Christ strengthens me. I can do all things. Whatever it is that we have to do for this day, for this hour... I can do it. Whatever it takes to be strong, I can do that. Whatever it takes, I can do it. If, it. if it's getting up at five in the morning, I can do that. If it means I have to go to bed at 9.30, I can do that. If it, if it means that I have to do this, I don't have to have anything. I get kind of aggravated at people that, well... You know, I have this one person I know, and her husband wants to move. He really feels like he's supposed to move. But, I, well, I can't give up my house. I, it just makes me mad. It makes me want to spit. Now, I'm nice about it. I don't say anything. But that makes me mad because that is so not true. They, uh, Andrew Womack's always telling about people that come up to him and say, 
well, I think the Lord spoke to me and I'm supposed to come to your Bible college. It's in Colorado Springs, for those of you that watch him sometime. And, uh, or those of you that don't. I think I'm supposed to come to your Bible's college. Well, when are you going to come? Well, you know, I can't. I've got these dogs. <laughs> now, I know you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it because he said it. He said, they said, it, he said, they said, he said, I don't know what he's, they asked him, well, what should I do? And he said, shoot them. And then he said, well, that might be a little extreme. But if God tells you to go to Bible college and you can't give away a dog, there's something wrong. And I'm not, a, I'm not anti-dog, anti-puppy. I know it might sound like it tonight. I'm not. But... You obey God at all costs. Well, we can't take our kid out of school. That makes me mad. That makes me mad. Well, you know, I, they can't change schools when they're in, while they're in high school. That makes me mad. You are such a lily-livered wimp. And I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to the... I'm just talking out there into the atmosphere. Doesn't that make you mad? Doesn't that... If I can't go to the mission field because there's not a McDonald's in... Oh, does, doesn't that... That just aggravates me. Hallelujah. And I'm just advocating there is nothing we can't do in Him, through Him, but for Him. Even if He didn't help us, if He said do it, we ought to be trying to do it for Him. Hallelujah. We have a person that used to go to our church. There, she's about as old as I am. She's probably 58, 57, something. And I'm friends with her on Facebook. And they don't live in Seminole anymore. They live somewhere in the middle of Texas somewhere. And her husband's a truck driver. I don't know if he is still, but that's what he was. And she was a Walmart manager in Seminole. And... um. You might remember, I doubt he remembers her. He was too young, Karen Gardner. But, um, so, this year on Facebook, I noticed that they, they had sold everything. And they got them an RV. And they were moving to Tulsa to live in an RV. So I just said something, commented on something on Facebook. And what she said was, well, we're going to Rama. We sold it all. Left their kids and grandkids. Family's not too happy about it because how could you move off? And other people. Persecution. How could you move off and leave your grandkids? Because God said so. And I, I, you know, I told her, man, I'm proud of y'all. Y'all going to Rama, and you're old to be going to Rama. Well, not old, though. A lot of students at Rama are old, older. But uh, a lot of students at Andrew Womack are older. Hallelujah. 
But we can do all things through Christ. We can do all things for Christ. We can all we can do it. We can do it. So well, you know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And you know, we're a lot tougher than we like to let on we are. I know during the charismatic renewal, we didn't get any sleep. Hardly. And you know, we can go several nights. You know, if you're really honest, because I know I can't. I can go three or four nights getting about four or five hours before I just... Yeah, eventually, about four nights, and I'm going to crash. I'm just going to have this major crash, go to bed at 7 o'clock. I'm going to have one. But the truth is, I can I can do these things. A lot of stuff I say. Our kids can do these things. I know because my kids did. They slept under the pew. They slept in the... They got carried out of their beds in the early morning. All, we can do these things. I'm not saying that God's even asking us to now. I'm just saying we can do it. And, you know, our kids will still pass. And, and all of this, oh, oh, they can't miss school. That is purity old hogwash. You know, the school wants to intimidate you and all that kind of stuff, maybe. But there's really, the truth is, your kid can miss school and you got smart kids. Hallelujah. They just want their money. So they don't want you not to show up because they get their money from the state based on how many attend. How many's there? How many's there? But the truth is, you can. Those things can can be done. I know we have friends that spent all last week in Disney World. Their little girl missed school and they went to Disney World all week. It just, it's just, it's thinking right. Hallelujah. It's thinking right. We can. We've been graced for this hour. Second Corinthians 9. Did anybody turn there but me? Am I in Second Corinthians 9, 8? I don't even, this doesn't, maybe I'm not nine. Yeah, I am. No, I'm not. There it is. Nine, eight. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You know, we use that for offerings, but that's not just for offerings. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. We just have to call on grace. Every time we need it, we just call on grace. Well, I'm tired. We'll call on grace. Call on grace. The fact is, y'all, we sleep on a Serta Perfect Sleeper or a Simmons Beauty Rest or a Tempur-Pedic Mastress, and the disciple slept on a rock. And they made it. They made it. And they walked everywhere they went. We just have to make sure we don't get too too wimpy. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. And I can say it because I'm the wimpiest of them all. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is... I'm sufficient in Him. 
Hallelujah. Even in my wimpiness, even in my weakness, He's all sufficient for me. 1 John 2.27 The fact is, we've just gotten used to being complainers. And, hallelujah. I think we got the heater on in here. Are y'all trying to get me to stop, y'all? When y'all want me to stop, you turn the heater up. Is that one? Two twenty-seven, First John two twenty-seven. But the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. I just wanted to point that out. Not so much the teaching part, but the anointing you have received of Him. You have an anointing. You have an anointing. I have an anointing. We have all sufficiency in all things. We're anointed for this hour. We have been graced for this hour. We can do this. We can be overcomers. We can be faithful. We can have uh, consistency in our Christian life and discipline in our Christian life. We can, we can do it. Yeah, there's some stuff fighting against us. There's some stuff fighting against us. But we can do this. 1 Corinthians 1 9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship. No, that's not right. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 1 9. It might have been 2 Corinthians, but we'll just move on. Philippians 2 13. Did I read that? We were just in Philippians. Sometimes I get scriptures twice. 2 13. No, we didn't read it. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Hallelujah. You don't even... God's working in us. Hallelujah. He's given us the desire to do it. Romans 5.17. I'm going to skip a few scriptures. Romans 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace... And of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We've received the gift of righteousness. We've received abundance of grace. We've received everything it takes to reign in life. To be, a, to be an authority over. Uh, uh, the, when the king reigns, he's in authority over. We've been given everything it takes to reign in life. We read about the victories of the Old Testament and we've been given so much more than Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace and David with his stones that he killed Goliath with and Ruth that overcame and Esther that overcame and, and uh, all the Old Testament people. We have so much more. We've been given everything we need to reign in life. We have grace to reign. Let's go to Genesis 15, 5, and we're closing with this. We do need to toughen up a little. Myself, I need to toughen up. It might get a little tougher in America. Probably will. I will tell you for certain that if we don't pray, the things we saw in South Carolina... Or was that North Carolina? North Carolina, Charlotte. The things we saw in Charlotte, the things we saw in Tulsa on the TV, it will come to Tuscaloosa if we don't pray. I know for certain it will.
And the reason I know is because when we got filled with the Spirit in 1980, just a few months after that, I dreamed it. I dreamed it. I had a dream. I didn't even know what it was talking about. I couldn't imagine it. But there was people rioting in the streets. In fact, they were rioting right in front of a shopping center, a shopping type area. The police were trying to contain it, and they couldn't contain it. And I was in the car, and I was trying to get home. I was trying to get home. I was trying to drive in the streets and get through and get home. I was doing everything I could in my dream to get home. Well, I lived in Seagraves, Texas. Number one, there was no shopping centers. So in my little mind, I thought, well, that's Lubbock. That's Lubbock. And I remember sharing at our Bible study that I had had a dream about rioting. But, but Lubbock doesn't have a shopping center that looks like what I had in my dream. But when I got to Tuscaloosa, I said, that's, that's it. That's the shopping center. That looks exactly like the shopping center I had in my dream. I think it's preventable by prayer. I really do. I don't think it has to happen. But somebody's got to see it. Somebody's got to pray it. Hallelujah. And here we are. Genesis 15, 5. So things could get worse out there in America. But here's a good thing. 15.5, and he brought him forth abroad and said, this is when God took Abraham out and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. So shall thy seed be, like the stars. The thing about stars is that when the lights are shining bright, the star you don't see the stars. But when the lights go out, you see the stars. Well, we're the seed of Abraham. The Bible says, If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And he said, So shall thy seed be like the stars. He took him out at night, and he showed him the stars. Listen, we're fixing to show up real bright. Everybody that stands for Jesus and that really has taken a stand is going to show up real bright. People are going to be coming to you. They're going to be coming for help. And you're going to have to, they're going to be not, they're not, it's not going to be convenient. They're going to knock on our doors at 1030 at night and 12 o'clock and you're going to be going, i got to get up and go to work in the morning. But they're going to need help and they're going to need deliverance and they're going to need to be healed. Mostly, it's going it's to be serious stuff, but you're a bright light and people know it and you're going to be seen. Hallelujah. It's about to get good around here. It's about to get good around here. All these years of preparation, all these years of hardened to difficulties, it's right. We've been hardened to difficulties. Maybe some of us more than others, but we've been hardened, and hallelujah, it's going to get good. You're going you're gonna to say everything we went through, all the classes we sat through, all the videos we watched, all the times we came to church on Wednesday night and we learned this and we learned that. Holy Ghost going to bring it all back to our remembrance when we need it. And you're going to be glad. Oh, I was glad I learned about that. Oh, I was, I'm glad I know this. Hallelujah. It's all going to be worth it. I mean, you took, sometimes we come to church and we take our medicine. You know, we have to have each other because together we learn to, we, we think straight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God.
Pastor, you want to come up and pray? And 